0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Back Pocket, the only podcast that loves defenders just as much as John Ralph hates Carlton. Uh, My name is Alistair and I'm joined as always by Jack and we are here to talk about defenders and the general state of the round and possibly next round. We'll see how the podcast goes. And possibly next round. Um, (laughs) Man, have you ever seen someone try and walk back their comments
1: throughout a week like John Ralph did this week? It has been weeks and weeks of just him Ripping on Carlton, it's been fun. It's definitely an Achilles. It's the same Achilles. What's the opposite leg?
0: I was not an Achilles. I never said it was an Achilles. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, let's get right into it. I did the intro, so you do the first vote.
1: All right. Uh, well, my vote one uh, came from a pretty impressive performance from someone we knocked on pretty hard earlier this year for fresh airing hundred spoils in a row. Uh, is Sam Taylor?
0: Um, I, I also th- give one vote. One to vote Sam, Sam Taylor. Taylor. Really hard <laughs>
1: game. Um, that. Backline got peppered. Um, He was given the extraordinary task of trying to man one of the most informed forwards in the competition. Mm -hmm. Did a pretty good job considering how the game went.
0: Um, I think
1: he did set the record for the most spoils this year, at like 17 or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, if
0: you look at his stats in particular, like marks and kicks wise, it's not great. But he had 11 intercept possessions and 17 or 18 spoils, which is insane considering he couldn't land one earlier in the year. Um and he was a huge reason they were able to stay in it. He completely blanketed Curno for three quarters and you know, it wasn't because of Taylor that Kerno got off the leash, it was just It was inevitable. I think yeah.
1: it, it, he's in such good form and the ball was inside that fifty so many times mm-hmm. that it was gonna happen at some point. Yeah. Um yeah, that was a, a great effort. Um he's a hell of a good footballer.
0: Yeah, gotta be uh one of my favourite defenders to watch when he's on. Um and he's, he's picking up as the year goes on, so I'm hoping to see him a few more times throughout the year in this list.
1: Um, and speaking of people who wrangled really informed defenders, <laughs> my two votes went to Sam De Koning.
0: My two votes also went to Amazing. Sam De Koning. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> to keep someone like uh, King to two goals mm-hmm. in a win, especially when one of those goals was when he was nowhere near the contest and off the ground... Uh, was a really good effort. Um, I, he's just in some ridiculous form. He's just He was unlucky this week that Durden played out of his skin yep. to take the rising star. I think it's one of those ones that's going to come eventually. It'll happen. Um, whether um, it gets to round 17 and the selectors kind of go, ah, we've kind of got to give it to him now, or he plays a real breakout game.
0: That's the thing, right? And this is what I've written down here is he's a kid. He's literally a key... And I know Max King is young. Easier to be a young forward than it is a young key defender. Yes. Um, And he's taking literally one of the best keys in the game and doing a fantastic job. The fact
1: that Chris Scott has the confidence to take Blixard's out of the back line and let De Koning be the main man Mm -hmm. down there Mm -hmm. is insane, considering that, well, he's played nine games of AFL football or something like that. His intercept marking, we've talked about this before, but his intercept marking is incredible. Um, His follow-up on the ground is great. He just has such presence
0: of mind. For such a tall guy, it's really impressive that he can get down um, yeah. that quickly. And I said the same thing about Ben Mackay a couple yeah. of weeks ago, um, and that's the sign of a really good Becoming key... Becoming a really important factor for key defenders these days to be able to follow up that, that groundwork after taking you know a, a spoil or something that right away from a forward. Especially in the modern age where key forwards are just getting... Taller and taller and taller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to line up on Max King or Harry Mackay or...
1: It's kind of crazy to think that there's, you know, ben seven King, Ruckman, obviously 90s Ruckman-sized people on the ground at a time now for yeah. each team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's wild, but... It's crazy. It's just the way it is, and they, and they move so well that you don't think that they're these giants. Like, you looked at King and De Koning, both over two metres, mm-hmm. and they are two of the most athletically gifted people on that ground. Yeah, for
0: sure. Um, it was funny, complete sidetrack here. I was looking at the mid-season draft and a couple of the names that people were putting out. <laughs> And one name came across And I was like Oh I wonder what position they play And I looked at their height first And I saw 191 centimeters. And I went I got no idea yep. I got no idea No idea, no idea anymore
1: <laughs> because I saw, Yeah well speaking of um, We can go on defenders here I saw Marco Connor, And I turned to him I was like Is Marco Connor taller Than I thought and Yeah of course he's over 190 like, yeah. e- Even your You know Small defending mids Are mm. 190 centimeters tall Yep Which if you saw that person In the shopping centre That's a pretty tall person like, Yeah you You're like Oh there's a key forward <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rural footy That is full forward Every day of the week this is a great podcast. I haven't had to really add anything so far. You're just we're, taking over. We're just over. rolling through. What's your um, three votes?
1: Three votes went to Sam Doherty. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, what form? Um, it's insane. He's got to be all Australian right now. Um, or at it's, least in the conversation. It's
0: it's hard because there's some other really in form halfbacks, particularly Jack Sinclair, Jack Sinclair, Brakeshaw. Um, yeah, those those are the three in particular. And if I was picking right now, obviously Melbourne can get a bit of um, uh credit because they are undefeated. undefeated. Um, but if I was picking I'd pick Doherty and Sinclair right yep. now. Same. Um, but yeah, what a what a crazy game. It was 28 disposals at 97% disposal efficiency he, he was, and that ripper goal? goal. Oh yeah. my god.
1: He's kicked two ceiling goals this year now and while playing back lines. Yeah. Got, yeah.
0: And we don't talk we don't like to talk about goals often here but boy, what a good one. That was a great goal. Two two really good goals from him so far this year. Yep. Um, absolutely. Um So. I am going to have to do something now. My three votes goes to Sam Collins. Okay. Um. And oh. as you know, I fucking love this guy. I, I didn't get him in. Oh, and really? If he, if, uh. if he
1: wasn't going to get a vote from me, I was going to say um that he deserved probably a vote this week. Um. They managed to keep Freo to 33 points. Yeah. That is the best defensive effort in Gold Coast history. Is it? Um. Yeah. It, it's, it's the lowest score they've ever had scored against them. By wow. six points, or 39 was the next best. That defensive unit is functioning so well.
0: Yeah. And I feel bad that I keep picking Sam Collins every week because there are really good players playing yep. in that back line. But he's just an absolute general down there. Oh, he's he's um, the back
1: pocket favourite right now. I think this is a, a yeah. season he is playing.
0: And one thing I like especially is he doesn't get up the ground. All of his disposals are down You see back. that heat map and it's just like red <laughs> inside 50. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like he, he maybe floats up to 40 metres out and then he's like, oh, well, your forward's gone down there. You can go. Off yeah. Here.
0: Have fun. I love it. I love him. Uh, Probably close to one of my favourite players. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you're on four now.
1: My four votes went to Nick Floston. Okay.
0: He missed um, out for me this yeah, week. So, so this that, is that's where our swap
1: we... over. Yeah. Nick Floston has come back in insane form. Um, his football has taken Richmond to some yeah, much more similar levels to where they've been yeah. in, in the past. That back line is operating at amazing efficiency. Yeah. Did we give Bolter votes last week? We did. I, yeah. I did, I think. 100 Or both of us did, maybe in the end. Yeah. That, that back line is running really well. Um, it, they had twenty-one of twenty-one of the twenty-three players they listed the other night were Premiership players, mm. so they've got pretty much a full list again, which yeah. is helpful for it's, them.
0: It's really important for them because you see the form they're in now compared to where they were at the start of the year when they had a few outs, especially round two onwards. And when a lot of that out. being the backline,
1: um, or at least Bolter being moved forward. So yeah. that has been a huge stem for them, and that's what we love to talk about on this podcast: how important backlines are to a team. And I think Richmond are really proving that um, with their key defenders back with. Floston and uh, Asprey and Bolter in there. Uh, obviously Asprey floating around, but they're looking a lot stronger again.
0: Um, he's, he's, he's a gun. Floston's a gun and he has been for a long time and I don't think people realise how important he is because they always just go to Rants. They then went to Bolter um, and they never really... Oh, Grimes as well. Grimes. They never really focused on how good Vlosten is at both lockdown and distributing. Grimes is another um, one that's
1: come back after being yeah. out for a bit. Yeah, um, so
0: that backline is humming.
1: Yeah, looking really good. Um, your four votes. Yeah,
0: Sam Doherty. Yeah. Um, we already covered it, but comeback story ridiculous, is insane.
1: Ridiculous game. He's, his leadership, his on-field inspiration is incredible. Mm-hmm. And you can see the team lift when he does some of those acts. That yeah. The smothers and the tackle follow-ups you see from him all the time. We highlighted one particularly at the start of the year, but now it's just become a recurring theme Yeah, it's for regular. Um, he's playing just great football. I think it's
0: his highest disposal average in his career, and he's been an All-Australian at least once yeah, in that time. Which so
1: which is wild. Yeah. Um, my five votes went to Jack Sinclair.
0: Same. Um,
1: he... I know that, obviously, that, that quarter blew along the way, but without him, they don't win that game. It's a 10-point difference, and he was worth far more than 10 points yeah. to them. Um, combination of disposal and run was incredible but also the spoils he was putting on at key moments like he was coming from so far off a pack sprinting down the ground to float across and just pitch a ball off and it really shut down the way Geelong likes to enter their 50 Mm -hmm. and you know he he was doing both roles and that's what we have talked about a lot with your and Sard's this year Um, being able to be the aggressor and then also come back and just cover that ball when
0: you need to uh, that's the important thing the flair is fine when it's there but you need to be able to back that up defensively and that's something that he's improved on over the past two or so years since he's got back
1: I I did not know where his spot was in that team Mm -hmm. I think he had a year where he was in and out he was fringe and now he'd be at at least top ten now he's got a mullet if not top five (laughs) And playing
0: great Um, (laughs) That's the most genuine (laughs) laugh I think I've got on this podcast I really enjoy that Uh,
1: But you know, he's he's playing great football I really enjoy watching him play Yes Um, I said to you after that game That despite being a Geelong supporter And being disappointed in the third quarter That was a really enjoyable game of football to watch Mm -hmm. Because outside of that quarter It was really good football There was really good defence and offence from both sides The run was incredible You look at Tui on one team And you had Sinclair on the other Doing very similar roles Tui's goals were incredible too When they pushed him forward
0: Um, That was a really great game Um, I really, I was uh, just before the podcast, I was still tossing up whether to put Sinclair or Doherty at five. Um, and I, I looked at the heat maps again and I was like, "Mm, so many of Sinclair's possessions are in the middle of the ground, but that's because of how hard he is streaming forward to spoil and intercept
1: and and help out. If you Um, didn't watch those two games and just looked at the heat maps and disposals, you'd think both of them played wing. Yeah. But it's because they play... When they're back, they're just tackling and spoiling. Mm -hmm. And when they're forward, they're the link up and run. Yeah. And that's such an, a key part of teams now. And Melbourne proved that last year. Yeah. Um, they had have, they have a whole range of players running off there. They recruited Tomlinson specifically for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got Brayshaw doing it now. And it, I think it's going to be a, a much bigger role in the future.
0: It's one of them. Everyone says, oh, half-back's the easiest position to play. But you've got three really good ones in the competition. A lot of teams flounder in that yeah. position. Yeah, and Brisbane tried to make it Dane Zorko for a
1: while. And it, a few weeks were good. Obviously, oh, they are going forward don't... again now. But... Um, I think that just shows how important it is in a team structure yeah. now that they've put one of their best forward mids in the back line
0: for a mm-hmm. few weeks. I, I really don't want to single out a player for bad efforts because that's not kind of what I'm here for. But like you look at the difference between Nick Hind, for example, at the moment and how he is not getting back defensively yeah. and that's part of Essendon's big problem at the moment. And I think that's one of the key factors you need to go far in finals. Yes. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to defend heavily, but you also need to have rebound at the same time. It's it's key. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see how that plays out for uh, the other teams. Uh, that, I think Bailey Dale is a good one. He plays a Bailey little Dale bit more is, wing. Yeah. Than, he's
1: he's been close to me a lot of the time this year. I keep
0: thinking, oh, I'll pick Bailey Dale. Absolutely. And no. then like, he's just outside. He's in that much like, special. Too much wing. Side. Yeah. And
1: and he is great for them. He's yes. playing really good footy. He'd be. He was Australian last year, I think. I believe so. Yes. Um, and good chance of being at the moment in a squad if it was picked now, but. Mm. Um, yeah it's good it's good to see the Bulldogs back again now I think they're playing genuine football there. again they've had those few wins they and Port are both looking at challenging the finals again which is
0: more people expected coming into the year I think it's port but we'll talk more about that in a bit yeah um, but yeah that's uh that's the votes we got uh four of the same players which I said good we parody would. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I joked we've got I've got four from two games and... yeah I said the same thing <laughs> and then it,
1: it was the same four um <laughs> I, my special mentions this week, I don't, I don't know if you had any down. I, I, I got two down, but... Um, I had Tom Stewart and Jake Lloyd, were my main two, that were really close for me. I thought they both played really good games.
0: Um, yeah, I'll shout out Tom Stewart and, and, and most of Tui's game before he went forward, at oh. least. Um, it's it's really difficult to give an honourable mention to an SM player, but I think Mason Redman is the only I, player I have to trying really for I special club. mentions as well. You reckon? Um, yeah, uh,
1: it was it was pretty decent. Ridley gave an effort at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom Stewart was really well held by Cooper Sharman in the first half. Clearly, um, St Kilda went out with the job with Cooper Sharman was to try and shut down, um, Stewart's rebound. Yeah. And if that hadn't happened in the first half, he probably would have got a vote. He came back really well in the second half. Mm-hmm. Did especially that last quarter when Geelong tried to come back into that game. He was, in, you know, instrumental in that. Um, Duda was in there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been close a few times this year as well.
0: I think I've... Oh, maybe
1: I gave my vote to Frampton instead. And then my other one was going to be uh, Collins, obviously, but you've yep. already mentioned that. He's just playing great football. Yeah. Um, he's every week. Just it's,
0: it's it's so far, hard because I look at the stats every week and I go, oh, Collins is nowhere near the stats of these other guys. But when you watch those games, yep. you see how he inspiring covers ground he is and and to that team, especially. The, the body spoils that don't get
1: put on the list. And he's just always yep. there and always applying pressure. And he's a big unit. Mm-hmm. So, like, his pressure is is serious. Like, if he's next to you, you're like, oh, you're yeah, right. Maybe I'll... Uh, <laughs> settle down here yeah. Um, yeah it was great um, now I had one silly thing I wanted to do this week uh, election week special uh, I had two two questions one was if of all current AFL players uh-huh. who would you be most likely to vote for if they were standing as like an independent in your seat like who do you think would make the best current yeah current
0: God that's really tough I'm completely
1: I didn't have time to think about this, so I'm going fresh off it as well, because I thought it earlier, wrote it down, and then did something else.
0: Oh. It'd have to be someone I can listen to talk, and they don't arm yep. um, every five seconds. So, I know it's biased, because I am a Carlton supporter, but Sam is up there for my, me. My first thought was Phil Davis. Phil Davis is a great choice. Because
1: uh, I trust him to get the job done as well, that's a, that's <laughs> a, a big part of it. Was our first-hand voter. Um, he was. My, my joke I made to myself when I first thought of it and didn't think any harder was um, I went straight to a past player. I was like Hayden hey, Ballantyne because despite the fact that uh, he's got a lot of fight in him and he'll annoy other people, uh, he also cops it on the chin really well. I think about that time Scarlett sent <laughs> him a signed jumper do. for his birthday <laughs> and he posted a photo of it himself
0: on Twitter, like holding it up. And I just think oh, that's really funny. because um, uh, That's why I said current players. because my first thought was uh, Michael Gibbons because I just think uh, it would be a mess and it can't be worse than what we've got currently, so... <laughs> um, not not Neil,
1: I think that's the one person I... <laughs> uh, that would be a, a severe recession for an economy, I, I think. Don't think I would be giving votes to Hinkley either. Uh, my, my main <laughs> my main one was, who do you think uh, is most likely to go into politics post-football? I'm not sure anyone will.
0: Uh, I mean, it's probably too late for him, but Will Minson... <laughs> will Minson. <laughs> This is the worst segment we've ever had. It's shocking, yeah. you are going to get flack for this from the three listeners we have. Oh,
1: Move Move along.
0: Fuck you, Will. I want to talk about... (laughs) No more silly from you. Uh, This is the fun fact I've been wanting to tell you all week. Yes. This week, after Port play, Ken Hinckley will be the longest serving coach for one club and has never reached a grand final. He takes the record. I can't remember who's second, but he takes over and becomes the longest-serving coach at one club. That's a lot of prelims that never made a grand final. final. Yeah, that's crazy. He's been there for a long time, and there's been some
1: serious home chokes in prelims. Definitely been there. Um, Wow, that's that's crazy. It's a it's a
0: wild stat. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge game this week. 0-5 and then going to five. And he said he was going to do it. If he doesn't.
1: It'll be insane. I, I said that I'm, I'm really sick of um, Geelong being the team that other teams have to prove themselves against. Like there was the... <laughs> first there was Frio. Like there yeah. was, you know, they haven't really beaten any good teams. Are they the real deal? They're playing Geelong in Geelong and they did it. Inspirational win for them. St Kilda this weekend yeah. was a really same thing. They lost to Port. They beat Frio earlier in the season. Was that a fluke? Get the job done it's at Marvel, which is a, a bit of a help for them because I think John's played there four times in the last five years, which doesn't help you. But it's, it's a, when you told me that the other day, I was like, "That can't be wild stuff for a <laughs> Melbourne team." But it's you see the teams that are Marvel home teams, and most of the time the AFL is going to want that at the MCG, which is crap for both sides. Um, and then this week it's Port. Um, you know they've, they've proven that f- they come back from the that margin they had. They beat St Kilda, which was a you know, big win. You know, awful game.
0: Terrible, but That's, I
1: barely count it because um, it wasn't AFL. Yeah, then, so like, this is it for them, right? If they if they win this, they're really back in contention. Yeah, um, which now makes it a bit of a game that Geelong have to win. Mm-hmm. Um, they after that win
0: because if against they lose, Best,
1: the the absolute demolishing. They were in a really good spot. Had they gone and beaten St Kilda, they'd be in the top four right now, um, or at least equal in that margin. Whereas they got pegged down by St Kilda. There now that that was an eight eight point game. Really, yeah. Um, it's just really interesting to see how that shaped out.
0: You'd be a game out, out. A game out. Yeah, yeah. behind Carlton, Freo. Yeah. Um,
1: I did see, and this is something I'm getting really sick of, um, I saw earlier this week a, or maybe today even, a comment about how it's like, like, um, you know, the best team is Melbourne, Daylight, Brisbane, Daylight, the rest. And I think that obviously Melbourne are looking very, very good. And so are Brisbane. Now Melbourne have played, I think, two top eight teams and they're, Two of the bottom three in the top eight. They haven't played a fellow top four side, so we don't know it's daylight between the rest. They haven't played Brisbane, Free or Carlton. Brisbane also, I think, have only played two other top eight sides, beaten one, lost to one.
0: So it's, it's like the it's, same with Sydney and Carlton. yeah.
1: So like it's really hard to say that there's daylight between teams because some teams have just had a bit of an easier draw to start the
0: season than and others. I mean, is it is it just unlucky that all of those teams that are in the top five or six right now? Have only played bottom sides, sides in the bottom yeah. ten, which leads to Gold Coast having the best record against top eight sides, currently. which is awesome, which I is love great. That. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. That's why the the Sydney game, uh, Sydney Carlton game this week is is huge. It's a good good game on a Friday night for once. Yeah, us. amazing. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. I think both teams should crack in hard at that one because a lot to prove for both sides. That's that's uh, like you said before, eight point game. That's defining to the season. Um, and I. There's a couple of teams in that bottom half, Richmond and Geelong especially, that are going to want wins to put some separation between yeah. them and those outside, like Port, yeah, and, and it, Gold Coast. If they can manage those wins this Bulldogs. weekend,
1: they do put that gap, which does help them between yeah. them and the rest. Um, and it's going to be a really interesting week of footy. I, I looked through for like the gauntlet style tips, like where you got you pick oh, one, yeah. you're out. Um, and it was a, it was a weekend. I was there was a lot of games. I was like, oh. You know, I'm confident this team's going to win, but not confident enough to pick them in something like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a really interesting weekend because a lot of teams have a lot to prove.
0: Yeah. Um, And it's interesting because two weeks ago, it looked like the top eight was pretty much set. Yeah. And And now you're seeing a lot of form from the Bulldogs, from Gold Coast even, from Port, and it's kind of up in the air. So those bottom spots are going to be hotly contested over the next... Yeah, it was interesting. A it was like a, it really
1: looked like Gold Coast we're going to do a Gold Coast again, promising start, fade away and then to beat Fremantle um, and Sydney back to back is incredible stuff. It's the back to
0: back thing. Cuz yeah. one of those games is away, one of them's at home where they're hard to beat. Yep. Um which is good. I'm glad they're becoming hard to beat there because they need they needed some identity. Um huge game for them this weekend though. And a, I really like what Stuart Dew's doing and I'm hoping that Gold Coast don't panic and boot him out for the hope of Clarko because I would like to see him stay a bit longer. Well, maybe Clarko signs on to Ginewurst before Gold Coast have a chance to sack you. That's the... Uh, mm. That'll be the hope it's, there. It's, it's going to be one of the most intriguing coach coaching change-up years ever. It's it's, a, it's an interesting one because there's a few coaches that are very borderline. Oh, James good. Hurd's put his name in the ring. It's just... It's bizarre. Yeah. I feel like I'm... In the Twilight it's Zone. It's a
1: bizarre world, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we, we talked about this the other day, but obviously everyone's talking about the, you know, can James Heard come back? And it's, no. like the,
0: the, <laughs> the, it's like
1: most of the world forgot that he did. Like, he didn't yes. get banned and then never come back. He got banned, came back, did 19 games of a season and then resigned. Like, he, he did come back. He
0: wasn't banished to the wilderness. And you can say, oh, well, they were out of form, they had, you know, <laughs> player issues. But, like, I never saw... In James heard, except for 2012, when they were embroiled in a saga, <laughs> to put it lightly, um, I never saw a, a, a contender out no, of them. No, outside of that season, they never had a
1: positive win rate, except for 2013. Well, that, that was that was the year that they made that the was finals. the year they got caught. Yeah, so they were f- one fourteen that year. Yeah. Got so it was it was eleven wins, eleven wins, also ten wins, eleven wins,
0: fourteen, and then like three. Because twenty twelve was when they started so hot, right? Yeah, and, and they, they and were they bashing up sides, kind of and, and then all nothing, the yeah. leg injuries and calves and Soft stuff tissue, like that. Yeah. Um, and then twenty thirteen they were huge, and I think they would have been in finals by like. F- they would have finished fifth. Yeah, it was, and then fr- they got knocked down to
1: ninth. T- yeah, well, technically, just not knocked out of the finals. Um, which is my favourite Richmond ninthman joke until they became a good team, was the fact that, like, despite the fact that, that year they made it, that year they finished sixth, they, they got moved the up to fifth, and they lost to the team that finished ninth, which <laughs> was incredible. It
0: was, like, ninth by default. Um, uh, what a game. Um, that brings me to my next question. This, uh, so many people would hear me say this and go, um, no. Do you think Essendon are worse than North Melbourne? Yes. Yes, 100%. Absolutely, because North... So, I my bigger one is,
1: I'll compare them to West Coast. I watch a West Coast that wasn't game... That the question, Jay. I know that, but West Coast, <laughs> and North, West Coast are currently below North. Yeah, they don't count this year. I yeah, know it, that, but even this year, with the players they've got out, I watch a West Coast game, especially the last two... Mm-hmm. And they've bought the game to a scrap. They've tried to bring it down to their level, despite the massive skill deficit between the sides. Yeah. And made the other team work for it. I know they copped huge losses in both of those games. It was their biggest ever loss to Melbourne, a big loss to Brisbane. Brisbane has kind of got the job done that game. Mm-hmm. But you could see the effort. That Essendon game against Sydney on the weekend. I can name a handful of players who tried. And also, you look at, starting starting round one, the game against Geelong. There's been
0: games this year where Essendon just do not care.
1: And, and the thing is, s- it's,
0: it's kind of amazing that they are, their percentage isn't as low as it could be. Yes. Because outside of one game, barely one game, one game and a quarter maybe, they've tried. Yeah. That whole Adelaide game I'll pay, and I'll pay the last quarter against Hawthorne. The rest of it, they have just kind of been going through the motions. They've, they've
1: been kind of lucky that teams have taken the foot off the pedal, I think, against them um, in the second half. It's the new of thing, games, isn't it? Because they're already there at half time and they go, oh well. And Essendon have, you know, managed to salvage some percentage by keeping it the same score as it already was or anything like that.
0: But yeah, they're in a really bad shape at the moment. It's, it's not um, good. And I look at North Melbourne, I see hope. I look at West Coast and I see um, the potential to rebuild. There's a lot to After the buy they've quite a few players back. I think they get a couple of consecutive home games, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but Essendon, it's, it's, it's bleak. Their young brigade is talented and I see them trying in games, which yeah. is good. But... And I don't want to single out players for poor efforts, but I look at some of the things Draper's been doing. Um, I look specifically at their senior players, and not so much Dyson Heppel. I know his ability is not as good as it used to be, but his effort is there. Everyone around him is just suffering. That midfield is doing nothing. And the younger players who should be in the middle because they're trying are just being played out of position. position. So we had Dylan Shield got quote-unquote dropped, didn't get dropped, Mm -hmm.
1: was the sub, straight back in the side. Still doing nothing. Like what? What has he done to earn his spot back in that it'll, team?
0: It'll be really interesting to see what they do at selection this week because I can see Rutton just backing him in because you don't want to seem like you're dropping him for the media potting him. Yes. Um, and I don't want to talk about the Parker stuff, but it's 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 really tough to watch Essendon at the moment. And I mean, <laughs> I don't have much incentive yeah. to watch them anyway. But like, it's, it's hard. I, I reckon actually. On that
1: note, I reckon their best effort this year has been the Melbourne game. Yeah? That's been their uh, their best effort across four quarters for a game. And they were in that until the last quarter against what is, as we said, currently by metric by like, far the best team in the it was,
0: like, it was They weren't even out of first They weren't, but at least it
1: looked like Essen were trying against a team that was slightly better than them. Yeah, I suppose. But that, they're. they're Depth is shocking currently. I don't. I don't see much in the twos that comes in for them that will make them better. Their injury list, while a bit long, isn't A graders for the most part. There's a couple
0: of important structural ones. I think Harrison Jones being out is huge up forward. The height doesn't he, help. He could really become a powerful combo with Peter Wright, but, but scoring their goals isn't their problem. The bits still... and
1: smalls are not great. Mm. Um, their backline is very fragile. Um, we mentioned Redmond and Ridley, but every week it's just Redmond and Ridley. I
0: think, yeah, it's, it's, we talked about it the other week. It's lack of defensive pressure. And I also think it's a lack of pressure forwards. How do you in 2022 lay 30 tackles in a game? No, I don't think I could play 30. Callum Mills in in that same
1: game laid 13 Mm. himself. Yeah. Callum Mills
0: is like a top 10 player in the game. Oh no, absolutely. (laughs) But if
1: one player is doing almost half of your team's tackles against you, they're also first to the ball more often than you. Your your effort's gone, and that's the thing.
0: Sydney were first to the ball, and they had fifty-four tackles. Yeah,
1: if you don't have How fifty tackles possible? in a game these days, it's low. That's like, very low, especially the SCG, which like, is such a small you ground. Can, you
0: see games where there'll be forty tackles yeah. to each side, and you know because of the way tackles are counted, it's not always uh, accurate of the pressure in the game. But thirty complete tackles for a game is pretty bad. Yeah, abysmal. And there's then the second lowest in the eighteen-team era, I think yeah. I read. Yeah.
1: There were some low ones before that, before Footy was played very differently back in the yeah. day, uh, open and running and these too. days, yeah, you, you do not expect it to be that low. And then you give the CEO two more years, but that's a, that <laughs> that's happened a just recently. That deal. happened today. He signed a two-year extension
0: today. Woof. Yeah. Um, I guess that review's not happening. Back happened. him in. No, probably not. I, look, I feel bad because obviously we have some essence supporting oh. friends and... Uh, yeah. It's it's hard to make fun of them at the moment. That's what we do in our footy group chat. Is we take the piss out of each other. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit mean, mean because like you've got, <laughs> our two teams are in the top eight. Look
1: like they're definitely gonna make finals. And then you've got Essendon and West Coast as the other supported teams in the yeah. chat. And it's just ah, uh, well they're I feel, a bit bad. Aren't I've earned
0: this one though. I've spent a long time. in the Yeah, <laughs> long,
1: long suffering. <laughs> it's it'll be interesting to see when Essendon do get to play West Coast and North if they can show that there's a difference between them because while they have been really bad. They have lost to top eight sides and Collingwood. Like yes, every team they've, they've had lost probably to, one of the hardest draws yeah, of the year.
0: Everything they've lost to except Collingwood is currently firmly lodged but, in the top eight. if they come out and smack North, does that mean anything? No. no. It Maybe it changes our answer to this question. Yeah, it just means they're better than North. But, but <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything not mean anything. No, the they season. need to beat teams in the vicinity they should be in. They need to... Oh, I don't even care if they don't win another game for the rest of the year. If they play defensively and try, I will be much happier yeah. uh, with where they're headed. I would like Ben Rutten to succeed because everything I've seen from him, he seems like a genuine guy. Um, and I like the way he speaks, but watching that interview with him, he looked downtrodden. He He's... was out of answers. He couldn't even finish his sentences because he, didn't, you he want didn't have anything to say. more like
1: what we saw from Gold Coast last year, I think, because despite not winning the games that people wanted them to win, they were trying in every game and they were in almost every game until the third quarter. Um, which is the opposite of what you can say for Essendon this year. They're getting blown away early, and you can see their, And I
0: hate to use the like the Fox Footy terms. <laughs> you can see their brand of footy. Um, yes, you can see what yeah. they were trying to do, and it's working out this year. They haven't won every game. They've lost a couple. They probably should win. Um, but you can see how that brand is stacked up against Fremantle and Sydney and Carlton. Like, so here's they what they dominated those teams. Does a new
1: coach change anything at GWS, or is their season cooked?
0: Do you mean Mark McVeigh?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the problem is, and this is something that I think all teams should be more wary of now, yep. there's not many caretaker coaches that go on to be successful. No. But um, I've never
1: seen a caretaker coach before
0: halfway. That I can that's think true. That's true. I think he should um, figure out where everyone's best position is. Yeah. I think Whitfield should be moved from the forward line. I think Cogs should be in the guts at all times. I don't know if God, Cogs has the gut, uh, the guts. Sorry. He, I don't know if he has the tank to be in the middle of the whole game. Um, but I feel like there's definitely some changes they need to make. I think they should be playing players like Riccardi all year. We, we um, spoke about that big on the weekend. He looked really good again. Um, I see it. Almost every year since he started, he comes in, plays against Carlton, smashes, and he disappears. <laughs> he disappears. Um, but I think... There's just some, I think, what's his name? Iden, down back. I'm so happy they've signed him because he is one of those players that, no matter what, gives an effort. And I (sighs) think they need more effort and less those skillful in and out. Yeah, but maybe they're
1: lacking some height up forward. But outside of that, you look at, Davis is injured right now. But on paper, if you look at the fresh start for next year, whatever a coach would get. You've got Davis, Haynes, coming, Iden down back. Just a starting do that's need, really need. You
0: don't even need Davis for long term. because i have got Taylor. Taylor and Haynes is enough. Yes. If you get another tall, you can bring one of those up and through the draft. the midfield is
1: obviously a plenty. There's a lot going on in there. You've got green, green. Um, <laughs> Double green. Taranto, you know, Canelio. It's a whole breadth of players through there that can play a role. And somehow, just every week, they seem to be getting beaten in the middle,
0: which is where their talent is. And there's a lot of untried youngsters as well. I can see they're getting games into players like Stone. Um, and there was a debutante the other na- night, whose name I've forgotten. But um, I think it's a good idea to give them some time. Especially, especially in a season like this. Where yeah. If the coaches quit, you're
1: probably going, well, You know, it's, it's, a, it's a season of learning what we're about, trying to build a new brand... And deciding whether we're keeping on our caretaker coaches. I coaches think the think
0: worst anyone. thing that could possibly happen to them is if they have a dead cat cat bounce and end up making finals. Yep, and then, and then get melted out keep, and a new coach or, or keep or the keep coach McVay. On. Um, Not that McVay is a bad coach. I don't know. I don't know that. You just don't want them doing it because of that reason. Yeah, I think it's become a bit too reactionary. Um, and what they need throughout the rest of this season and the off-season is a review of everything. Yes. They've had the same senior coach for, what, 11 years, 10 years? Um, and they need... Fresh eyes. I don't know how long McVeigh's been there. I know Heard's only been there a little bit, but that would probably be a mistake too, in my opinion. Um, it'll be interesting. I had... Clarko's looming, isn't he? Like it's hard to go past it. But is he past it? That's the question. Yeah, well, that's a hard one.
1: I had um I had my dermy watch on for that game actually for a few. There was two dermy dur- watch. Two dermy moments in that game that really got me. The first yeah, it's one. It's not quite as good as a jovism. It's is not it? quite as good as a jovism. <laughs> <laughs> he had two that got me. Yeah. The first one was when he was trying to figure out Leon Cameron's age. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And it was exactly 50. It was exactly 50. It was. He was like, so he was born in 1972, which is you take 28 to 2000 and then it's 2022. So that's twenty. So he's 50. Amazing.
0: <laughs> I <thought> Phenomenal it. <laughs> stuff.
1: The other one was when he said, if Toby Green has five more disposals, oh, yeah. he will kick two more goals. Now, to Dermy's credit, he didn't have five more disposals. <laughs> he had four. He didn't touch the ball in the last quarter. But he, I don't think he was kicking two goals from one more touch.
0: Uh, Dermot Brereton lost an ice cream over that one, so he's the one who's oh, really suffering. he lost an ice cream. That's yeah. good. Did he lose his million-dollar commentary <laughs> position? Or... <laughs> uh, no, it was a terrible, terrible round for it. BT, Sam, uh, called Corey and oh, Sam Durden. Oh, no, that was a good one too. And yeah. then they put up a picture of Lockie Fogarty instead of him on <laughs> AFL 360. This kid's yeah. getting posted. He's won rising a rising star well, I mean, the
1: it's all right. The Carlton Twitter made up for it by <laughs> accidentally posting it like four times when he got announced as rising star, <laughs> um, which was good.
0: There was, uh, yeah, it was a weekend for it. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I don't want to really rip on the state of commentary, but it's it's, it's kind it of seems bad. like it's going downhill
1: with every passing year. Uh, but you get people like Brent and Speed come in who are refreshing and you're like, oh, it's yeah. a commentator. And then like five more former footballers like march in with one commentator and you're like,
0: oh, never mind. We're just yeah. sticking with the usual. Who was it? It was... Uh... Jude Bolton, I think, was doing special comments.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind Jude. But right. we I see a lot of those ones do the special comments. And you go, "This is good," and then they move into the commentary box, and you go, "Ah, oh, what have I done?" Yes. Like, <laughs> I, like I don't mind Luke Hodge on the boundary. Uh, Jimmy Bartels, obviously, on bigger, better things. But like, they're the kind of players that, like, on the boundary, you hear them, you're like, "Oh, this is good, bigger and better, but not more successful." Things. And then, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's got a he's got a big year ahead of him. He's been a busy boy for a while. That probably um, needs
0: to be reviewed too, to be honest. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, wonder um, how, I
1: wonder how he and Tom Harley go, because he's at Sydney. I wonder how they go at the uh, the Battle of the Bridge games, just sitting there at opposite ends, being like, oh, we've won
0: a bunch of premierships together, just having a time. Well, you'd hope some of their influence would rub off on these, the clubs, and I th- I don't think Sydney needs and it Sydney has great culture. Um, They're,
1: they've what, done a two-year rebuild.
0: And come back to finals John last year. John been coaching
1: for 28 years yeah, he's now. Doing a great he'll job. be there for another 20. I took it over from Roos, just took him straight to the top again. They've stayed there. They dropped um, out for like, what, three seasons? Yeah, they're they just doing a great... They, and then recruited with just absolute force in that time.
0: Alright, we're just rambling at this point. We're just talking footy. We're talking footy. Uh, it is a, a footy podcast,
1: day. but it's not a rambling podcast. But This uh, is our mental state right now. Yeah, we're tired. Uh, tired, but pinging. <laughs> We're mostly recovered from COVID, which is good. Uh, I think which so. Which means that we do more things with the day to make us more tired. Oh, before I'm taking my multivitamins past. now. No. no. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm the furthest thing from a doctor. <laughs> All right. Well, that's us for this week. Uh, yeah. See you next, probably Wednesday, because we don't make Tuesdays usually. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the round. See Boy. ya.
0: Bye.